Blog Talk Radio. Hey, Panini, don't you be a meanie. Thought you wanted me to go, or why you trying to keep me teeny? I hit the dreamy, wasted it on the genie. I got fans finally, and you wanted them to see me. I, I thought you want this for my life, for my life. Said you wanted to see me die. You lied, just Don't you be a meanie, thought you wanted me to go, or why you trying to keep me teeny? Now, now they need me, number one on screaming, no, yeah, you used to love me, so what happened, what's the meaning? I, I thought you wanted for my life, for my life, said you wanted to see me die, you lied. Welcome to TSR Live. You know what TSR stands for. That's TigerSportsReport.com, your number one source for all your Memphis Tiger athletic news and information. Coming to you live from the Simpson Studios, I'm your host, Isaac Simpson, and you can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals. That's I-S-A-A-C underscore Rivals. Again, that's Isaac underscore Rivals. Man, always on there talking Tigers, talking sports in general, whatever else might be on my mind. So make sure you check me out there, man. been a while uh, since we've done TSR Live, but we're right now uh, getting ready for some college basketball. I mean, it's been a crazy year uh, with the pandemic and everything, but I'm glad to be back with you guys tonight. Tiger Nation, I'm, I'm here, ready, man, tune in. And we got a very special guest tonight. He is the voice of the St. Mary Gales. Uh, he's Alex Jensen. Alex, how you doing on this eve of, of college basketball? Isaac, what's up, man? Uh, thanks for having me. I'm I'm doing well. I'm excited. Uh, you know, I hope we get something that resembles <laughs> a normal season. Uh, but thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to finally talk about some games. Yeah, man. man. Before we actually talk about that game, kind of go on your your point there. It, it, it's been crazy, man, with the the pandemic. I think we we saw college football uh, were was rolling along pretty well, uh, but up until the last couple of weeks, they kind of. In a roadblock, we've seen several cancellations, uh, a lot of 
lot of moving parts, a lot of things going on, and I think we're probably in with a roller coaster ride for college basketball. I, I, I've heard the rule is kind of like you have one positive in college basketball, you kind of have to shut your facilities down. I think it's not as, as strict with college football, so I think we're going to be in for a roller coaster ride, man. How crazy do you think this this could get throughout this college basketball season? You know, I, I think it's going to be nuts, man. I mean. The NCAA came out a couple weeks ago and said, you know, hey, the minimum number of games you need to play for to be eligible for the NCAA tournament is 13, 13 games. And I think that they said <laughs> wow, since man. then that they're going to be uh, flexible on that as well. Uh, so we'll see. I, you know, I think you're going to see a season, Isaac, where it's like, you know, some teams could play 11 games. Some teams could play 23 you know, it's going to be unlike anything we've ever seen before. I mean, just, you know, scrolling through Twitter today, right? I mean, Duke had their opener canceled. Uh, Florida State had their opener canceled. Yeah. You know, it's just – it's going to be crazy. And look at the tournament that the Gales and the Tigers are in right now, you know. I mean, the only reason St. Mary's is in this tournament is because Ohio State backed out. Dayton also backed out. Texas A&M, Creighton, Wichita State flew there, as we were talking about yesterday, got a positive test and had to fly home. Uh, so I think that's just uh, – you're going to see this all season long, I think. But, uh, listen, I mean, the important thing is is that, uh, first of all, the, the, the health of the student-athletes and the, and the staff and everybody around is, is, is first and foremost on everyone's yeah, mind. Yeah, fair amount, yeah. Uh, but also that, that we, we, we get some basketball to talk about. That, that's why I'm, I've been looking forward to talking to you, man, and to the game tomorrow for weeks. Yeah, man, like you said, it's been crazy. We've already seen all kind of cancellations, like you said, right here with the, the Bad, uh, Bad Boy Moore's uh, classic event. I mean, we've had team after team pulling out. Um, a lot, yeah. There was a lot of speculation that, that Memphis could possibly pull out, but uh, they, they made the trip, man. It was like they're they're good to go. Uh, but they, speaking of cancellation, Memphis has already had one game council coming that was supposed to come up in a couple of weeks here down in Oxford, Mississippi, against Ole Miss. Right. Uh, Ole Miss head coach Kermit Davis has actually tested positive for, for COVID-19. Yeah. So it, it's going to be wild, man. I think it's going to be a roller coaster. I think we're going to see all kinds of cancellations, like you said. Some teams might play 13 games. Some teams might play 20-plus. Uh, the selection committee is going to have a, a, a tough job, I think, when it comes to playing the NCAA tournament. It's going to be a wild one. But, again, I'm, I'm glad that we're actually here. We're going to gonna start this thing. We're going to see how far it goes. Uh, but, again, we're talking with Alex Jetson, <laughs> voice of St. Mary's Gales here on TSR Live. Uh, I talked to you earlier, and you said you usually, uh, obviously, usually travel with the team doing play-by-play. You're not going to be doing that this year. How how's that setup going to work? Are you going to do the away games remotely? Are you still doing the home games? How how's that going to work? Well, I'll do the home games in the St. Mary's gym, which is called University Credit Union Pavilion. So I'll be in University Credit Union Pavilion for the home games. Uh, for the road games, what we're trying tomorrow is I'll be in the control room at University Credit Union Pavilion. Uh, with a setup there. Now, uh, I don't know if we're going to be able to get sound inside the gym. Uh, our friends at Learfield IMG, who I understand, I think Memphis is also a Learfield IMG school. Uh, they've yeah. hooked us up with some just generic basketball sounds, you know, some sneakers on the floor. So if I can't get the so- sounds inside the gym, you know, at least I have that. So I'm going to try it from the control room tomorrow. Uh, if that goes well, you know, maybe try it from home by Friday. Uh, I, I'm going to have a crazy December just on a personal note uh, because uh, my girlfriend got a new job in Kansas City, so I'm going to be all over the place, wow. you know, helping her move. Yeah. And so might be doing some games from Missouri, uh, might be doing some games from New Hampshire where her family lives uh, for, you know, during Christmas. It's, it's going to be a crazy December. But, yeah, come uh, January, it'll be all home games at, uh, at the Gales Home Gym. And then, you know, road games, I think, you know, hopefully I can find a way to call it at home. 
Uh, but if not, then yeah, it's like I said, in the control room there. Yeah, man, 2020, man, it's it, it's craziness <laughs> all over the place. I think it I think this thing has probably affected everybody in some way or another. It's gonna be wild, yeah, man, yeah. just like we said. But uh, I, I've done some minor play-by-play stuff, never never on a level like this. But how how much prep time goes into just just like a normal game? Uh, you know, that's a great question. I think at the beginning of the year, it's always a little bit more just because there's so much unknown. Um, you know, by the time we get into the throws of the season, we're in conference play and everything like that. You know, it's probably, you know, an hour and a half, two hours. But, you know, this game, watch a little film on Memphis. And, um, you know, I mean, our, you know, the St. Mary's team is, is also pretty new. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a fairly new squad, as I'm, I'm sure you've seen. I mean, they lost a lot of production. Yeah. So there's a little bit of homework that goes into that as well. This year has been a little different, obviously, because I don't have the access to the team that I normally get. Uh, but yeah, you know, same here. Any, anywhere between three or four hours. Yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've been doing the Zoom stuff, and I mean, it's just like, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a different, it's a different world, man. I wonder it, it, how normal it's going to be. I wonder are they going to continue doing the Zoom stuff back when when this is over? Maybe maybe next season in, in the 21, 22, are they going to keep doing Zoom? I hope we get the the same access as we usually have because I'm not a not a big fan of the Zoom and doing doing remote stuff like that. I, I like to in person and be there with with the in person interviews and stuff like that. So it, it's been it, it's been different. Uh, we definitely haven't had the the access that we usually have uh, on a, on a normal basis. But last one, man. I promise we're going to talk basketball in a minute, man. But uh, <laughs> no, kind of tell us, yeah, kind of tell us your story, man. How, how did you become the play by play voice of the Gale? Well, I actually went to St. Mary's. I played baseball there, believe it or not, um, about 12 years ago. I graduated 12 years ago, and, you know, this was always something I wanted to do. And St. Mary's is a really small community. You know, it's uh, 2,500 undergrads there. So you get a really tight-knit feel uh, in the community there in Moraga where St. Mary's is and and on campus. So, you know, I, I knew it was always something that I wanted to try, um, you know, ever since I was a kid and once my baseball career ended. So, uh, you know, I started off doing like PA for volleyball and then, uh, you know, doing women's basketball, color for women's basketball. Finally got to do women's basketball on my own, did that for a few years. It was kind of right place, right time. The guy that had been doing the men's games for, I think, 15 years before that uh, relocated with his family. So the, the, the opening was there and I was I was there and, uh, you know, I was I was really lucky to and I've been really I've been really lucky. I mean, this is my ninth year doing the Gales and I've seen some really good basketball been to a handful of NCAA tournaments actually uh, my first year Isaac was the last time St. Mary's and Memphis played each other Memphis, yeah. which was in the first round, the round of 64 in Auburn Hills and Matthew Della Madova had was a, a look crazy at the game. buzzer yeah. to Man. win the ball game yeah <laughs> you know what that, that that was a crazy game I remember in that game uh, Memphis looked like the better team for probably 30 minutes, like, you know, and, and yeah. is down double digits, if I remember correctly. And then all of a sudden the Gales came back, you know, I mean, uh, with, with Delhi at the helm, you know, you just, you could never count that team out. And they just had so much heart and resilience like that against a, a team that was far more athletic uh, than, than, than the Gales were and to have a shot to win it at the end. I remember the last Correct me if I'm wrong here, Isaac, but the last, like, 45, 30 seconds, like, St. Mary's is down, like, seven or eight. It, like, a banked in yeah. three and then got a steal yeah. and had the ball on the baseline yeah, in the front court with, like, four seconds left. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah, we were all collectively holding our breath when, when Delhi put that shot up, man. <laughs> I, it, it looked good yeah. out of his hands, man. I, I was bad. We, we did a sigh of relief, man, but that was, that was a crazy game. Again, we're talking with Alex Jensen, voice of the St. Mary Gales here on, on TSR Live. Man, I, I'm really intrigued by tomorrow's game, man. I have absolutely no idea what to expect. Uh, 
Yo coach Randy mm-hmm. Bennett uh, had, had had praise for Penny Hardaway and the Tigers when when asked about him today, but he stated that he's more concerned about his team, and which is certainly understandable being first game of the season and a lot of new faces on both sides. I know Gales have five true freshmen and, and six new faces lost lost their top three yeah. scores from last season. Kind of kind of talk about the makeup of of this team and, and kind of the new faces we'll see tomorrow. Yeah, you said it. I mean, I think that, you know, this team lost a lot of production. You know, 72% of their scoring, uh, you know, 53% of their rebounds, almost 60% of their minutes. And I think a big part of it, Isaac, is that, you know, you lose a guy like Jordan Ford, you lose a guy like Malik Fitz. Those two guys had the ball in their hands a lot. Uh, So, you know, and, and really St. Mary's with those two guys, their best players, change the way they normally play. Normally, you know, they were still run a high ball screen. That's the staple of their offense uh, in the half court. But, you know, normal Randy Bennett offense, the ball hops around a lot, right? It's more like an international style of play, a lot of back cutting. You still got that. But what you, what you had a lot, you know, when you got down to 10 seconds in the shot clock, which St. Mary's plays a lot of, they want to play slow, you had the ball in Jordan Ford or Malik Fitz's hands. And sometimes you'd see, the you know, the 1-4 ball screen and they'd make plays off of that. But, the, you know, they, before those two guys became their best players, really high assist rate, top 20 in the country. Last couple of years, they've been, you know, in the bottom 20 in the country in assist rate. So it's just going to be interesting to me, and I see why Randy Bennett says that, to see how this team adjusts. Tommy Cousy's coming back as a fifth-year senior. He's going to be at point. Uh, yeah. And, you know, you've got guys like Matthias Paz, who was the starting center last year, tore his ACL in the 14th game, was out for the rest of the year. Dan Fotu is going to slide back to the four. Uh, you know, but there's just a lot of unproven. You know, you got a lot of new faces. I don't think any of these, the first year guys are going to start, but there's going to be a couple of those guys that play a significant role. Um, and and really, just you know, what will this team like look with that? What will this team look like without Jordan Ford and Malik Fitz uh, in a, a weird off season? You know, I think that's what I'm most interested to see with this club tomorrow. Yeah, same same thing with Memphis. A lot of moving parts. Uh, they do have a lot of guys back. Uh, four new faces uh, from Memphis on the team, but we'll only see two tomorrow. Right. And uh, five five-star recruit Musa Cisse at center and Landers Nolly coming over from Virginia Tech. Ahmad Rand is, is a JUCO transfer, athletic, uh, junkyard dog mm-hmm. type of guy who's expected to be a guy that comes in and bring energy off the bench. He actually didn't make the trip for – he's in quarantine for, for COVID uh, contact tracing. Oh, my uh, so gosh. he didn't make the trip. And, of course, uh, DeAndre Williams is a the guy they expect a lot from coming over from Evansville. He actually did make the trip. They're still – optimistic that, that he gets that waiver. I'm, they seem to be a bit more optimistic than me. I know Evansville <laughs> AD Mark Spencer is kind of holding things up. He kind of has a, a history of, of kind of playing hardball with, with guys that transfer out of there. So we'll see how that plays out. But they, he went on a trip, and they're hoping that he can possibly get that waiver and play sometime during this tournament. So we'll, we'll see. But uh, you kind of touched on this a little bit. The Gales front court is made up of their two returning leading scorers in 6-7 forward uh, Dan Fotu and 6-11 center um, Matthias Toss. Uh, talk about that front court duo a little bit. Well, I th- let's start with Matthias Toss because I think that, uh, you know, when he went down a year ago, uh, it was really kind of a fork in the road moment for in the season for the Gales. I mean, it was their last non conference game, that conference play starting up. And he is so important, Isaac, in, in what that team did a year ago, not just in the numbers, right? I mean, he, his scoring, uh, you know, his scoring contributions weren't the most important thing he did, right? He was this team's best defender. He was the defensive player of the year for this club uh, as a freshman, as a true freshman. 
He's 6'10", he's thick, he's very strong, he's really good in ball screen situations, you know, I mean, both offense, he's a good screener, and he covers the ball screen well, so, you know, I I think he does some of those little things, a very good passer, not an outstanding rebounder, but he does those, like, he, you know, he boxes out his guy, he just does some of those little things, he's almost like a glue guy, Um, so, you know, I think the Gales are are really going to love having him back, I don't know that he's going to be a double-digit scorer, uh, but he, like I said, he does so many of those little things for a team that helps you win. Uh, same thing with Dan Fojan. I think he's come back a little bit more skilled. He slid to the five, Isaac, when, when Toss went down a year ago and was playing out of position. You know, this is a guy that's a four, can do some things at the three, but he's six seven. You know, he's 225 pounds. He's tough. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's skilled. He can, he can play a little face-up game, and he can go a little bit of back basket. So, you know, but for the most part, this is going to be a four-out offense, Isaac, and, and you're going to see Dan Fotu with his, you know, chest facing the, facing the rim. And for the most part, Matthias Tossin ball screens, and when he has the ball, he's either going to be rolling or he's going to have his back to the basket. But two tough guys, uh, two really tough guys. We'll see how they, how, you know, how they respond when they're because they're both going to be asked to do more this year. Matthias, you know, Todd might have similar, somewhat of a similar role. I've been really impressed what I've seen Dan Foto in, in this team's inner squads. And when I've watched this, this team practice, I think he's added a little something to his game from last season. Yeah, it's going to be that front court matchup going to be really interesting. I think Foto yeah. and Memphis kind of matches up with another guy, DJ Jeffries, who I think will probably start at the four tomorrow. He's the same type of guy. Six seven six eight, kind of a, a guy that right. you might normally see at the three, but they're, they're going to play him at the four, guy that can do some things for you, can, can dribble, kind of step out and shoot a little bit. So that's going to be an interesting matchup. Also, Todd well, against Lucas Cito. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah, no, sorry to interrupt you, Isaac. Uh, I, I was just going to say it's going to be interesting because I think this whole game, and, and it's kind of, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a microcosm there in the front court. It's going to be a contrast of styles, right? I mean, Memphis yeah. has just this unbelievable Memphis. athleticism. Uh, with all these, these, you know, a team that wants to play fast with this high-level athleticism, whereas St. Mary's is going to be, I mean, this is a big team, St. Mary's across the board, guards all the way down to the center position. Uh, that's, you know, just going to try and play a high IQ style, move the ball around, stay in front of their guy, not relying on their athleticism as much as, it's just going to be an interesting matchup. And when you mentioned the front court, it really brought that to my mind. Yeah, it, it's definitely going to be a, a contrast of style. Memphis, Really struggle uh, when teams uh, put them in a half court uh, last year. It's kind of mm-hmm. kind of similar. You got to talk about that game uh, back in the NCAA tournament nine years ago. Uh, Memphis, the more athletic team. Memphis likes to get out and run, but even teams that are less talented, if they can slow Memphis down, Memphis has really struggled at times against less talented teams. So that's definitely going to be yeah. something to watch because it's going to be because again, Memphis when they, when they're not making shots and they can't get get the ball out the basket and take it and run with it, they really struggle. So that's definitely something to watch going into tomorrow. Uh, but, but talk a little bit about uh, Coach Randy Bennett, man. He's been there forever. Uh, won over 400 games. I mean, he's been fantastic, man. Uh, talk, talk about him as a coach and what does he like to cover? You know, I just think he, he, he's he got this program to a point where, you know, not only is it well-respected, but I think that they've identified the type of kids that they want to go out and get. That, not just the type of athlete, but the type of personality fit. And I think that's why this program has been so successful. I think that's the number one reason this program has been so successful is because uh, you got a bunch of guys that like to play together, you know, and, and guys that are really gym rats because you come to St. Mary's and you're not going to get the shiny facilities that you get elsewhere on the West Coast and the Pac-12 or the Mountain West or even at Gonzaga and BYU in the West Coast Conference which is the conference that St. Mary's plays in. 
So you got a guy, a bunch of guys that are, are want to get better and that are good personality fits for a small school, uh, you know, that want that winning is the most important thing to him. So I think, you know, he's, he's been able to do that. He's been able to adjust to his personnel. I kind of alluded to that with the way that the Gales changed their style to, to suit Jordan Ford and Malik Fitz and, and how that duo kind of worked together. You know, I mean, you go back to the the kind of core they had before Ford and Fitz were, you know, and Tanner Krebs, who graduated as, as well, were were kind of that core for the last two years, you know, you, you played around a center, an All-American center in Jock Landale for the two years before that. And uh, so I just think he's been able to, A, you know, build a culture and identify players and coaches and, and staff that will fit into that culture. And B, I think he's been able to adjust to his personnel on the court. I think he's a really good offensive coach, but, you know, I mean, I think everyone that enters the program knows that if you're not going to be able to defend, then you're not going to see the floor. So I think that he's established a culture, and you know, again, I just think he's a really good basketball coach, and that you know that's what gets you 20 years at a place and almost 450 wins. Yeah, I mean, at, 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 you you don't see that a lot anymore for for a guy to stay around that long. So I think that that's really special for them to to have that guy, Coach K, is uh, another guy that's been around like that. But I mean, you don't you don't see that much anymore. Uh, again, we talked with Alex Jensen, mm-hmm. voice of the St. Mary Gales here on TSR Live. A couple more before we get out of here. Uh, you talked about Memphis doesn't have any seniors on their, on their roster, which is strange. It's kind of strange the way their roster is set up. Uh, St. Mary's only has one, and you kind of talk, touched on that. The senior point guard, uh, Tommy Cousy. Uh, kind of talk about, about his game and, and, and what we can see out of him tomorrow. Well, he's a former walk-on, tell you that much, and he started starting games as a redshirt sophomore. Uh, but really hard worker. I mean, he's, he's not the most athletic guy. He's not the most skilled guy. Um, but I think, you know, as long as he makes good decisions, and I really think that he's the X factor this season for St. Mary's. If he plays well, you know, they'll have a chance at an NCAA tournament bid again. They'll have a chance. Uh, if he doesn't play well then and the Gales are looking for answers at point guard, then you know, I, we'll see. I, I just don't know. We'll see, right? I don't want to. I, I I don't want to say that this team will struggle because I don't think a Randy Bennett. I I, I will never. I will not believe Isaac that a Randy Bennett team will struggle, especially given you know some of the teams they're able to play in league play, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, although the top half of the West Coast Conference is very good, um, but his game, man, he's you know he's he's a patient guy. Like I said, he's not the most athletic. He's not the quickest, but he's savvy. He's a good passer. Uh, he can knock down an open three. He can make some plays off the dribble, too. And, and you know, just understanding angles and having you – know, he's got a pretty high basketball IQ. So he's not going to be the flashiest guy uh, in the gym. And he's not going to be, you know – but he's pretty well-rounded. And I think for what, they, what the Gales want to be, uh, you know, if he plays well, then I think the Gales can be pretty tough. Yeah, I mean, they're picked third behind Gonzaga and BYU in the uh, WCC preseason polls. So uh, they're still giving them respect, even though they lost a lot. Uh, so anytime you got a Randy Bennett team, they're going to be well coached. You know, they're going to be play hard. I agree with you. I, they're not going to come out there and, and and just look bad and lose a lot of games as long as Randy Bennett is the coach there. But I'm, I'm excited about the game tomorrow. Again, with us not having assets, we don't know a lot as much as we usually know. Uh, Memphis, again, right. as a team, kind of talked about they like to get up and down, and when they get in the half court, they can really struggle. I think Memphis had a, a, a top recruiting class uh, last season, but a lot of those guys, they didn't live up to the billet. Uh, they showed flashes, guys like Leslie Keonis uh, that you'll see tomorrow, uh, a shooting guard, mm-hmm. small forward. Uh, DJ Jeffries got injured late in the season, but he's supposed to be super. I mean, he, there were times when he played really well, and there's times that he, he struggled. 
Uh, Boogie Ellis is another guy who would take a starting point guard. Uh, Damian Boz, another point guard to come out the bench who people were saying could be a yeah. one-and-done guy and really never materialized yeah. last season. So they have a lot right. of sophomores that are coming back that have a lot to prove. So I'm going to be watching that tomorrow. But it should be a good game. Again, contrast with Styles. St. Mary's wants to kind of slow it down. Memphis wants to get up and down. So it should be a fun game, 1 p.m. local early out there on the West Coast for you guys, 11 a.m. Yeah. Uh, early early yeah. for you guys. So it, it should, be a, should be a fun game, man, going to be on ESPN2. I'm looking forward to it, man. Thanks, Alex, for taking a little time to join us tonight, man, and have a, have a good call tomorrow. Isaac, thanks so much for having me, man. It's good to talk to you. Uh, I'm, I'm also looking forward to this one. I think you hit the nail on the head with the contrast and style. I think tempo will go a long way to decide this game. But, um, yeah, enjoy the game, man. Happy Thanksgiving, and uh, stay safe. Thanks for having me. Man, happy Thanksgiving. Thanks same to you and your family, man. Talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Isaac. Alex Jensen, voice of the St. Mary Gales, joining me here on TSR Live, man. Really, really thanks. Uh, shout out to him for, for taking the time out to join me here tonight to get some insight on St. Mary's, man. I, I love these matchups of, of teams that the Tigers don't usually play out of conference. I'm a big out of conference guy and, and playing different teams uh, that, that then you'll usually see differently, especially teams from, on, from different parts of the country, teams from way out there in the West Coast, Morocco, California. Uh, they played up last in the NCAA tournament. That crazy game, you mentioned that, that. Delavadova three for the win uh, at the end was not to be, man. We all held our collective breaths here in Memphis when that shot went up, and Memphis was able to escape out of there with a win. But, man, uh, I'm excited. Again, I'm intrigued by this game tomorrow because I think you just don't know what to expect. I mean, we haven't had the, the same assets that we usually have uh, the preseason. It's going to be a contrast of style. St. Mary's is a, a, a team that, that, that plays smart, high IQ basketball, wants to slow it down. Uh, Memphis, again, is a team that wants to, to get up and down, uh, use their athleticism and, and, and overpower teams that way. Uh, so it's definitely going to be a contrast of style between these two teams, and we're going to see which which way and who wins out. Uh, but, again, college basketball is here, man. I, I think we're in for a roller coaster ride. I think we're going to see a lot of cancellations. Uh, you saw football. They got out rolling, uh, didn't have a lot of trouble at first. They've run to the roadblock here the last couple of weeks, a lot of cancellations. Uh, due to COVID, and I think this basketball season, I think with the numbers going up across the country, I think it could even end up being worse than what we see in college football. I hope that's not the case. hope we get through this thing. I hope we even get through this tournament. Uh, there's some talk that we could get through the first day tomorrow, and this thing ends up going south, and they, they have to cancel the rest of it. We hope that's not the case. Memphis already has a game canceled uh, against Ole Miss coming up in about a week and a half from now that was scheduled, uh, or two weeks from now, down in Oxford. Kermit Davis, uh, Ole Miss head coach, has tested positive. COVID-19, they've had to shut their facilities down. That was a, a, a non-conference game. I know Penny Hardaway and, and team, they wanted that game, and that game has been canceled. They've already lost the, the neutral side game in Nashville against Tennessee. Uh, so, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's going to be a tough year. Um, as I talked about with Alex, some teams are going to play 13 games. Some teams might play 20-plus games. It's going to be crazy with the rankings, the NCAA the Lacey Committee is going to have a tough job seating that tournament. Uh, it, it's going to be wild, but it, it's the times we're living in here in 2020, man. Hopefully by 2021 we have this behind us in the rear view and we have regular season, regular stuff going on because I, I think this thing has affected everyone, not only sports, but just pretty much every aspect of our lives. I think we took a lot for granted before this thing happened, and I think now we put a lot of things in perspective, and I think we're going to appreciate a lot of things more when we come out on the other side of this thing. But, man, before I can get out of here, man, a couple of housekeeping things, a couple 
couple of newsworthy items going on with the University of Memphis men's basketball program. Isaiah Stokes uh, suspended for the year by head coach Penny Hardaway. Um, Isaiah Stokes was always uh, 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 just a chance that Penny Hardaway was taking, uh, taking a flyer on a guy that could possibly, if it worked out, uh, was a guy that could come in and be this, this bruiser type for you, come in and get some fouls off the bench. Uh, they they were never, never had a lot riding on Isaiah Stokes. Um, Isaiah Stokes was apparently away from the team for personal reasons. Uh, we had the, the virtual Memphis Madness, and Penny that day said that, that Isaiah Stokes was back, and they were glad to have him back with the team. And then a week later, we get the news that he was suspended for a year. Now, I'm not, not going to speculate. Not going to go further. Not a lot of information out there. Uh, the word is that the University of Memphis back in February uh, searched his room. Uh, he challenged that and said that they unrightfully searched it. He didn't feel like they had any. Uh, well, that, that little nugget came out, and now we see him suspended for a year. We don't know exactly exactly what's going on there. I'm not going to speculate. I'm just going to leave it at that. But I, at this point, I would be surprised if Isaiah Stokes ever suits up for the University of Memphis. Uh, but, again, he wasn't a guy that they really had a lot riding on. Penny Hardaway just took a flyer on a Memphis kid uh, and hope it pan out. And just looks like it's not going to go that way, man. Hopefully, whatever the situation is with Isaiah, man, he gets, gets everything taken care of and, and, and wish the best for him. Uh, but, again, but I think he's probably going to move on from – the program. Musa Cisse. Uh there was some some deja vu uh here in Memphis over over the last couple of weeks. Very similar situation to James Wiseman last year. There were some questions about his eligibility going into this week. Um and I think w- when you saw what the way the James Wiseman situation played out last season, uh Memphis wasn't gonna risk it and play him with his eligibility in question. But as of right now, uh he has been cleared by the NCAA but we, we know how the NCAA operates. Uh, just because he's been clear right now doesn't mean they won't come back down the line and say something different. I mean, Derrick Rose at once upon a time was clear. James Wiseman uh, was, was apparently clear once upon a time. Uh, but now, uh, again, Musa say he's clear for now, which is a good thing. Uh, he's on the trip to South Dakota, and he will play tomorrow and in this tournament. And, 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 and that's big. I mean, you, you definitely rather have that than the latter of him not being clear because they're, they're going to need him. Now, I, I heard that he – he has taken some time to get acclimated. He hasn't looked like that five-star prospect guy. He's not the type of guy that's just going to come in and dominate from day one like you saw with James Wiseman earlier. Even even a guy like Derrick Rose, I mean, he, you know how he came in the expectations with him. It took him a while uh, into the season to, to kind of come into his own. Moose is a guy that's a defensive guy. His offensive game is still developing. So I think it's going to take some time for him. I think by the end of the season, he will be a dominant force, especially on the defensive end. I don't think he's ever going to be a guy – that's going to put major points on the board, but he's, he has that athleticism, and, I mean, he's going to be able to block some shots and do some things defensively. He's going to be the anchor for this team, and I think once he comes into his own, I think he's going to make this entire team better by having that presence in the middle because that's something that they, they missed last season. I mean, Preston Achua, uh was playing center, uh, under undersized center. Uh, Malcolm Dandridge is not really that rim protector. That was something that they really missed last year, and I think Musa Cisse, once he comes into his own, can be that guy. Uh, so I'm glad that he's eligible, at least right now. We'll see we see how that goes, but I think he's going to be big for the team if he is eligible and can play for the team all year. I still think he has that one-and-done potential, but, again, I, I think it's going to be a work in progress. So don't tomorrow, if he, if he struggles and say, man, this, this guy's a bust, this guy's not going to be what he's supposed to be, because I think he is. I just think it's going to take a little bit of time. Uh, next note, uh, DeAndre Williams, uh, a guy.
guy who, especially with with Busa, uh, not going to be a guy with Musa being a guy that's going to take some time to develop. I think DeAndre Williams is going to be big for this team. Uh, he's a guy that comes in with some experience, uh, can, can play the can play the four, can play the three. Uh, if you're going big, uh, I, I think they they're really going to miss this guy. I mean, he is on the trip to South Dakota. Uh, the Tigers are still optimistic that he's going to get their waiver. I think he'll get it at some point. The question is just when. Uh, Evansville AD Mark Spencer is playing hardball uh, with not committing to the NCAA that there was or was not a scholarship available uh, to to DeAndre Williams once uh, the, the coach was fired, I think. And he has a history of this. And and, and let me talk about this for a second. I think it's disgraceful uh, how he's doing this kid, especially in a year pandemic and everything that's going on. Man, a lot of this kid to, to move on and continue his basketball career. I mean, again, we, this is the second time that Mark Spencer has been involved in a situation like this. I mean, let it go. I mean, the kid's moved on with his life. He's here at the University of Memphis. He's worked hard. This kid deserves to finish out his college basketball career, and they're holding it up. I hope the NCAA makes the right decision here, man, because COVID and everything that's going on, man, this kid, just all this kid wants to do is play basketball, man. Let let this kid play, play man. Hashtag free DeAndre Williams, man. Uh, let the, Let this kid play. Uh, and, again, if he does play, I think he, he's a game changer for this team. I mean, you brought in two experienced guys at Landers Nolly um, is, uh, along with him. Um, these are two guys that have come in with good pedigrees. They're, they're double-digit scorers, guys that have played at a high level of other places that are coming in here and could, could really change this team. Uh, I mean, Memphis kind of kind of struggled in recruiting, missed out on some guys early, and were able to get these two guys late along with Musa Cisse. Penny really – and shout-out to Penny. Uh, I, I know this recruiting class uh, – might not be the number one class in the nation, uh, but or anything like that. It doesn't. It's not on paper. It's not getting the accolades that the number one class had last year with James Wiseman and all those guys. But I, I think this class and, and the class of 21 is some of Penny's best work. I mean, that class of 21 uh, are, are guys that they don't have the. They, they might not have the star power uh, as far as rankings, but they're guys that are going to be around here for three, four, five, three. It's not five, three, four years. Uh, that that are really contributing and developing to really good players for this team, and that's how you build a program. I mean, it's fine to get these five star, one and done guys, but you got to mix in these solid uh, four star, three star guys that that's going to stick around your program, and and and, the, and you bring in the five stars to kind of build on that. So I'm excited about that class of 21. I'm excited about this class. Again, they struggled early, uh, but but really rebounded, able to get DeAndre Williams and Landers Nolly on transfer as well as snagging Musa Cisse there late. So I, I think the class of 20 and 21, uh, these two classes are some of Penny's, Penny's best work, even though it might not be as sexy as, as the class that they had last year. But hopefully DeAndre Williams get cleared and get that waiver sooner rather than later. Hopefully NCAA does the right thing. Hope Evansville AD Mark Spencer does the right thing. Again, hashtag free my guy, man. Let this guy play. Uh, Juco transfer Ahmad Rand did not make the trip to South Dakota. He's in current quarantine due to contact tracing. Um, he's junkyard dog guy. Guy that's going to come in and get some energy, grab some rebounds, uh, get some tip back, dump, put back things like that. I think Tiger fans are really, really going to love what Amari Rand brings to the table. But unfortunately, he he did not make the trip uh, to, to South Dakota with the team today. Again, back in Memphis here uh, in contact tracing and quarantine. Uh, but again, he's going to be a guy down the line that I think Tiger fans are going to fall in love with. Uh, another note, man, my guy Jermaine Johnson, man, uh, former Melrose High School coach right here in Memphis, was assistant at Georgia Southern, U- UT Martin, 
and Troy. I talked to Coach last night. Man, I've, uh, I've talked to, I had the opportunity to have a relationship with Jermaine Johnson over uh, the last year or so, uh, last couple years. Uh, he, he really wanted to, that assistant job when Penny first got hired here at Memphis. Man, I'm glad to see that it finally came to fruition for him, and he's excited um, and, and, and excited to get started here. Uh, right now it's a one-year trial. I'm, I'm really hoping that, that Penny – keeps him around because he's a guy that, I mean, really good guy, knows the Memphis, Memphis area, knows the high school ranks here in Memphis, and I think he could really be an asset to Penny here in, in, in recruiting. Again, Memphis is a, a different place uh, when, it, when it comes to recruiting. A lot of people don't understand that. And it, if you've never been here, you're not a guy that knows how to recruit Memphis, you can struggle. And Jermaine Johnson play a guy uh, that, that knows this area, uh, and, and he's really comfortable with Penny, their friend, and that's one of the reasons why Penny brought him in. If you're going to bring a guy in, uh, for on short notice on the flyer, you want somebody that you're already comfortable with that don't, doesn't take time to build a relationship with. They already had the relationship. So, man, I'm so happy, man. Shout out to Coach Jermaine Johnson, man. He's with the team in South Dakota, and he's going to be assistant at least for this year and hopefully beyond, man. Again, shout out to Jermaine Johnson, man. Good dude. Really glad to see this happen for him. Uh, Memphis is 39th at Ken Palm. Uh, coming into tomorrow's game, St. Mary's is 74th. So, so St. Mary's is a is, is a solid team. I mean, this is not going to be, even though Memphis Memphis is a seven and a half point favorite, open at four and a half. Lions jump. Maybe somebody knows something I don't know. Maybe that four and a half came out before they realized Busa was going to play. Uh, I'm not sure, but the Lions jumped up to seven and a half. But St. Mary's is not going to be a pushover. Memphis is going to come in there and play because again, uh, already been a coach team. They're going to come out. They're going to play high IQ basketball. They're going to try to slow Memphis down, get them in a half court. Memphis, of course, wants to get out and run. Um, in order for Memphis to, to maybe get out and run against and, and have success for this team, I think they're going to have to make shots. Uh, a guy like Boogie Ellis, uh, Alessi Keonis, uh, are, are going to be big uh, for this team. Landers Nolly, of course, is, is a guy who can knock down threes as well. Uh, so they got to make shots uh, so they can get out and run uh, with this team. Uh, but, again, it's going to be interesting. Contrast of styles, I'm excited uh, about this game. I'm just excited for college basketball to be back. And hopefully – we can get through this thing with, with as less hiccups as, as possible. Uh, but, again, man, a big game uh, for, for the Tigers tomorrow, uh, third year, fourth year for Penny Hardaway, third year for Penny Hardaway, I mean. Um, and I, I'm just – I'm excited to get started. Uh, but, again, man, uh, Memphis, a seven-and-a-half-point favorite against St. Mary's tomorrow. Uh, Memphis – and the thing about this, and I, I kind of said earlier this week, uh, that I, I felt like Memphis should, should pull out of this thing. I mean, you see a lot of teams drop out with Ohio State, uh, Texas Tech, was, uh, a, lot, a lot of teams uh, drop out of this thing. Due to, uh, I know Ohio State dropped out because if they had come to this tournament, they would have to quarantine for 14 days upon turn to Ohio. I mean, it's a hot spot uh, there in San Diego. And a lot of people have talked about, well, they're going to be basically in a bubble, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, they came in town today. Anytime you – have that type of positivity rate. I think it was at 52%. Not sure what it is right now. I mean, you're at risk. I mean, like all the people that work at the hotel, are they going to be quarantined? I mean, you're going to come probably come in contact with with normal citizens of that area, and, and it's a risk. I mean, if one person gets it, you could end up with an outbreak. So it's a risk taking your team up there. Uh, so I think the big prize right now for Memphis is hopefully to, to get to that day, day three matchup against West Virginia. If they win tomorrow, <clears throat> excuse me, against St. Mary's, They'll take on the winner of Northern Iowa and, and Western Kentucky. Northern Iowa is 76 at Ken Palm. Uh, West Kentucky is 79. So Memphis is 
guaranteed two top 80 Ken Palm games here, which is not bad. And if they get to that third day uh, against West Virginia, West Virginia, 15-ranked West Virginia is eight at Ken Palm. So, I mean, if they get through this thing and they, they win, if you get two wins, you're probably going to face a 15-ranked West Virginia team, which is going to be good for your resume. If you lose to them on a neutral, that game's not really going to hurt you. So, uh, for, for going up to, there, to this tournament, you hope Memphis gets that game against West Virginia because that's the reason why you would stay in this thing. Uh, but, again, that game, Memphis-St. Mary's tomorrow, 1 p.m. for here on ESPN2. Man, I'm excited about it. Uh, man, make sure you check that out. Uh, a little lunchtime action. Uh, I know you, you guys, are, I'm glad that I'm working from home now. If you guys are not working from home, man, try to find a way to, to sneak that in, get it on your phone, get it on your laptop, whatever you're going to do. I'm sure there's going to be some low production here in Memphis between the hours of 1 and 3 p.m. Uh, tomorrow, man. But real quick before I get out of here, moving on quickly to, to Tiger football, Memphis with a 56-14 win over Stephen F. Austin on Saturday. Man, that thing looked ugly um, in the first half. It didn't Memphis didn't look good at all. I mean, I think you saw that last game against USF, the way they struggled in that game. You saw they struggled in the first half, and you're like, man, where where is this headed? But Memphis, uh, really, as you usually see when when you take on an FCS opponent, eventually your talent, your depth wears on the team and run away with it, and that's exactly what Memphis did in the second half. They go on to win it 56-14. to They did cover. Uh, they'll travel to Annapolis to take on Navy this week. Uh, finally got an evening contest. I mean, none of these 11 a.m kickoffs, man. There'll be a 6 p.m. Uh, local kick on CBS Sports Network. Memphis is a 13-and-a-half point favorite. Um, man, that's that's weird to see against Navy. Uh, we know the battles and the struggles that this team has had against that, that triple option. And I admit with some of the things that we've seen with Memphis, their blocking uh, and, and their defense, even with, with Navy being down this this year, Ken Niamatololo is always going to have his teams ready to play. Fantastic coach. I love Coach Ken. I've, I've had him here on TSR Live a couple times and, and, and my show back at, on AM 730 back in the day, Man Cave Sports Show. Um, and I've always enjoyed talking with him, man. He's a lot of respect for that guy. I mean, he, he demands love, respect for demands the respect from his players. Um, and, and these guys, I mean, I have a lot of respect for these players anyway, for what they have to go through. I've talked to him about how they have to get up in the morning for mass. They have to go to class. They have to go to football practice. I mean, you have to be – a different type of person uh, to, to, to to be an athlete at, at one of the, the military academies. I mean, that's a lot that these guys have to go through on a daily basis, man. So shout out to these guys. But again, even with, with Navy being down, I kind of worry about Memphis's discipline on defense. Uh, can they stay, stay in the gap? Uh, because if you're not disciplined on defense, this team, they're going to, you know what they're going to run, but if you don't do what you're supposed to do, you're not going to stop them. Even even when they're down, they don't have the dynamic quarterback that they've had in the past. Uh, they don't have some, some of the guys that, at the other positions that they've had. But if you don't stay disciplined, this team will gas you uh, when they're on offense. So it's going to be interesting. Memphis is a, basically a two-touchdown favorite. I'm kind of leery of that line, but we'll see how it plays out. I'm, I'm really interested in this game to see uh, how, how Memphis handles that triple option. Uh, but Memphis still – has an opportunity to be in the AAC championship game. They need a lot of help. First off, Memphis will have to win out. Uh, of course, they're at Navy this week. And next week, man, we're back to the 11 a.m. kickoff. Also, another ESPN Plus game uh, next Saturday as they travel to New Orleans to take on Tulane. Um, and they'll finish the season at the Liberty Bowl against Houston. So Memphis needs to win out. Uh, they need to beat Navy, win at Tulane, and defeat Houston. Uh, they need SMU to lose one game. Uh, SMU 
is at ECU and Houston to end the season. Uh, they play at, at, at ECU this week. So if you're a Tiger fan, you're looking at Pirates for upset this weekend, I would say that's unlikely. I think it would be more likely if they drop one, it would be uh, their finale against Houston at home. But who knows, man? Stranger things have happened. So if you're a Memphis fan, pay close attention to SMU at ECU this weekend. It's going to be an ECU powered fan if SMU loses that game and Memphis wins out. Memphis finishes ahead of SMU. You also need Tulsa to lose two games for a tie, but you'd rather for them to lose out and lose their final three games because the tiebreaker goes to who's higher in the rankings if they end up tied because Memphis doesn't play Tulsa this year. Uh, and Tulsa has three tough games. Uh, they're at Navy, uh, Cincinnati, and at Houston. So those are three games. I, I mean, they'll be they'll probably be underdogs in two of those three games. They'll be favored at Navy, but they'll definitely be underdog against Cincinnati, and they'll probably be a slight underdog at Houston. So it, it, there's a, a solid chance that they lose two, and it's not outside of the realm of possibility that they lose three. So Memphis still has a chance to, to be in an AEC championship game. They're handed on by a thread, but they still have a chance. Uh, we we kind of seen them back into the AEC championship game two years ago, uh, kind of in, in a similar fashion. So that opportunity is still out there for the Tigers. I mean, I, this is not the, the, the best Tiger team we've seen. I mean, of course, you've had a lot of defections. I mean, you had two top offensive guys in Kenneth Gamewell and Demonte Coxey lead the program. So, I mean, to, to them, for them to be where they are, I see a lot of people complaining about this team, but you have almost a new coaching staff. You've had Coxie leave. You've had Gainwell leave. You've had a lot of other players leave. For them to be in a position that they are right now, I think Coach Silverfield has done a fantastic job with this program, and, and, and I think it's going to be even better in the years to come. So don't get down on this team. Again, you just kind of look at the big picture. They have lost a lot. This wasn't the year after they lose Gainwell and Coxie that they're probably going to be in the, and they're not going to be in a New Year's Six Bowl or anything like that. But I think they're going to be in a, for a good finish. And, again, man, with, with three games still to play, they still have an opportunity to find themselves in the AAC championship game against Cincinnati, man. So, shout-out to uh, Ryan Silverfield, what he's doing over there. And shout-out to Calvin Austin III, man. Walk on, looking like a guy that can play on Sunday here lately. I mean, he's been absolutely fantastic uh, for this team, man. So, shout-out to the little homie, Cal, Calvin Austin III, man. Keep doing your thing out there. Uh, man, look, looking really good uh, out there. And Brady White, again, man, all-time uh, touchdown quarterback touchdown leader for the University of Memphis. Uh, so shout-out to him as well. I know he takes a lot of flack, but he also deserves a lot of credit because he's done some remarkable things in his time here as well, man. But shout-out to Alex Jensen and the voice of the St. Mary's Gales for joining me here on TSR Live. Man, he's going to be on the call for St. Mary's tomorrow. Uh, so shout-out for him for taking a little time to join us. Man, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here, man. But, again, man, I've been Isaac Simpson. You can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals. Again, that's I-S-A-A-C underscore Rivals. Uh, man, enjoy the game tomorrow again, 1 p.m. ESPN2 tomorrow. Memphis taking on St. Mary's. Until next time, I'm out of here. You, you, you my on the beat. What's up?